There are sections of the Tanakh that although they've been told by the prophets, we avoid reading them as a Haftarah in order to preserve the dignity of Klal Yisrael. These passages are mentioned in the Gemara, Maseches Megillah, Daf Chofhei. Welcome to another episode of El Yaakov Beyond the Story. The last mission of Peregimo in Maseches Megillah, Rabbi Eliezer Oimer and Maftirim Boida Yisrushalayim, Rabbi Eliezer says that we cannot read the Haftarah of Hoida as Yerushalayim. And uh, the reason is, this is in Yecheskel, Perek Tezayin. The Pasuk says, Vaid Varashem Elay Lemoir, Benodom, Hoida Yerushalayim, Es Toyavoiseho. Hashem tells Yechezkel, proclaim Jerusalem's abomination to her. Uh, what kind, what is this? So, the Mepharshim right there, Rashi, is actually using a laz, an old French, by saying, Hoida doesn't translate it as proclaim, he translates it as fait savoir, inform, let it be known. Let Yerushalayim know of their Averis. As a matter of fact, the Mefarshim are other Mefarshim, like uh, the Radak is bringing from the Targum, saying that you should reprimand Yerushalayim by, by letting Yerushalayim know what is all the bad things that they have done. The Psukim continue by saying, you, you are conducting yourself as if your father is a Moiri, and your mother is a chiti, and this is uh, generally speaking about a reprimand to the yidden in Yerushalayim. So obviously, uh, Rabbi Eliezer holds <coughs> that we should never talk about uh, the Gnai, about something that is uh, humiliating to the Bnei Israel, even if it is in a way of Musar. Um, but nonetheless, the halacha is not like Rabbi Eliezer. The Rambam writes in Pirusha Mishnayis that the halacha is not like Rabbi Eliezer. This is also the opinion of the Bartanura on the Mishnah. As a matter of fact, the Rambam puts it in um, the Seder of Tefillah that Oide Yerushalayim is the Haftorah of Parashat Shemois. This is only today practiced by the Minak Teman. So Yemenite didn't read Oide Yerushalayim. However, the Gemara continues with a story uh, after this Mishnah. The Gemara brings a Braise, and the Braise says, Hoida is Yerushalayim, es toyavoseho, nikro umitargem. The Gemara discusses parts of the Navi, or parts of the Tanakh in general, that even though we are reading them, we shall not translate them in Aramaic. The minagi, the custom was, as we do, the custom was that when we read the Torah, when we read the Haftorah, there will be the reading of the Haftorah plus the translation in Targum in Aramaic of the Haftorah for everybody to understand it. So some parts, it is written that even though we read them, we should not translate them, either because it is too difficult for people to understand, uh, they will take it as a face value, as the literal 
translation and not for the esoteric message that it carries. And in other cases, because it actually carries a negative message about Yidin. So therefore, even though it is read, but it is not translated. So it shouldn't be proclaimed. However, the Braise tells us over here that Hoyda Yisrushalayim, that is describing all the abomination of Yerushalayim's inhabitant, is Nikro Mitargem. It is read and translated. So the Gemara asks Pshita, this is obvious, why not? Answers the Gemara, La'apuki midivre midrabe Eliezer. This is in order to exclude the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer, the Tanya, because the Braise tells us the following story. We know already that the Mishnah tells us that Rabbi Eliezer says that we should not even read it. So the Braise comes to tell you, yes, you could read it. But nonetheless, the Gemara tells us the following story. It's a story with a certain man who read above Rabbi Eliezer, meaning in front of Rabbi Eliezer, maybe he was on the bimah, so therefore he was above, and he read from Aftir, make known to Yerushalayim her ab- abomination. Amar Loi, Rabbi Eliezer test, tells this man, before you investigate the abominations of Yerushalayim, go and investigate the abomination of your mother. Now, this person took Rabbi Eliezer seriously, and the people around took it seriously. So, they checked um, and they uh, they checked after him meaning that they checked his uh, lineage and the actions of his mothers and they found a blemish of descent and uh, actually the way the Mefarshim are saying was that they found Chshash of Mamzerus anytime he says Shemetz which is you know a blemish is actually um, referring to uh, Mamzerus, according to some of Hashim. So they found that this man actually was a Mamzer, so then obviously Rabbi Eliezer was able to see that uh, it was more about the abomination of his mother than the abomination of Yerushalayim. Um, the Ritva asks, apparently, what's, what's the problem here? The Aloha is not like Rabbi Eliezer. So... As I mentioned before, that even the Rambam writes that the Minak Temanis we do read, um, So this man was uh, just uh, doing whatever, whatever was was allowed to be done. So the Ritva explains that in fact there is such a klal that's called Be'azra Demar when you are in the place of a certain scholar you have to follow his ruling. So it was a chutzpah of, in the part of this man to go in front of Rabbi Eliezer and to ignore his ruling and to read the Haftarah of Aydes Yerushalayim. But nonetheless, we need to understand this story a little deeper. In the one hand, it seems 
from the conclusion of the story that Rabbi Eliezer is indeed uh, correct. And the proof is that uh, Batku, they check him out, and Rabbi Eliezer was able to prove in a, some, some kind of supernatural way that he knew that this man was wrong in uh, reading that this Haftarah of Haida Yerushalayim. So, then, how come the Alokhe was not like him? If he is correct, how come we don't follow his, his, his Alokhe? And on the other hand, if it is indeed allowed to read Haida Yerushalayim, why did the people go and check the lineage of this man who was doing the right thing? He was reading the Haftarah of Aida Yisrochelaim, which is allowed to be done. So why was why were the people who heard what Rabbi Eliezer said um, decide to follow through with an investigation on his lineage and on the action of his mother, when in fact this man was doing nothing wrong? Steb explains that let's start with shoot the fact that the investigation of his mother's action proved to be um, in accordance with Rabbi Eliezer's opinion. Is that enough to say, well, Rabbi Eliezer proved that Allah is like him? Well, to, the answer is really based on something that we have discussed once in um, another podcast called uh, The Torah Not in Heaven. And that's discussing another episode with Rabbi Eliezer, which at any time he says Rabbi Eliezer, in the Gemara, it refers to Rabbi Eliezer Agadol. And there is a story in Baba Metziah where Rabbi Eliezer was um, arguing with Chachamim about Tanu Shalachnoi, about a certain oven. Um, you could see in that um, other episode uh, all the details of the oven. There's a question. The oven was reconstructed. So basically, does that make it, if an oven that became Tommy that was re reconstructed, the fact that we rebuilt it, is it now Tohoir? It remains Tommy. And Rabbi Eliezer brought all kind of proof uh, to agree with his opinion, but the Chachamim did not agree with him. And uh, he actually says, uh, if, if the Allah is like me, let uh, the... the, the the walls uh, of the Bas Medrash prove it, and uh, the walls started to fall. And, and uh, Bishua got up and he says, uh, why, why are you getting involved over here? Um, then if the Aloche is like me, let uh, the, this Charuv tree prove it. And the Charuv tree moved, uh, moved from one place, uprooted itself, replanted itself somewhere else. And Rabbi Lazar said, we can't bring a proof from the Charuv. And finally, in the last uh, ditch effort, Rabbi Eliezer says, if I am right, so then let him prove it with Hashemayim. Then a baskoil, a heavenly voice came out and says, Dalach is like Rabbi Eliezer. Got up, Rabbi Yeshua got up and he says, En bashkichim a baskoil. We don't pay attention to a baskoil because Torah is not in heaven. The explanation, the deep explanation of this story has been already covered in that episode as I mentioned, called Torah Not in Heaven. But here I just want to bring it back, and if you haven't listened to it, I suggest you go back to it. But here all I want to bring is that point of this story, in which we see that Rabbi Eliezer's way of ruling was in a way of Minashamayim. He had a certain power to 
kind of try to prove that Allah is like him by using supernatural means, whether it is a bascoil, whether it is a, 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 a way of things, the water flowing in the wrong direction, or things, things like that. And yet, after proving all this, the Aloha remains not like him. So therefore, it is no wonder that Rabbi Eliezer wanted to prove that Allah is like him, that we don't, we don't read Oida Yisrochalayim as a Haftarah, by using a supernatural intervention of saying, oh, I could tell that his mother really had a problem and not Yerushalayim. Had a problem, and yet, even with that being approved, just like if a baskoil come from a shemaim itself and say Allah like Rabbi Eliezer, we still don't go by it because the way we prove Allah in Alamaze is through the majority of the chachamim. Chachamim don't hold like Rabbi Eliezer, so therefore the Allah is not like him, even if he's going to prove it in a miraculous way that the Allah was like him. So that pretty much settled the fact that. Although he was able to prove in somewhat of a miraculous way that he was correct, that doesn't change the halacha. That the halacha has to be according to the majority of the Chachamim. So then the halacha is we could read But one may ask why should we even read this after? What, what what advantage, what benefit does reading this Haftarah bring? There are other options. As a matter of fact, in Pasha Shemais, there are two other options. And uh, we, we pick one um, out of those three and not a social line. So it seems that there should be somewhat of, a, of an advantage, so to speak, some kind of a benefit after all, the Novi Yecheskel, which was, they say, is that the, the second or third in line of greatness in Nevi'im, he's the one who said this Nevu'ah. So therefore, there must be some benefit in reading it. And maybe that's why the man was reading it in front of Eliezer. Maybe that's why the halacha is, yes, you could read Hoida Yisrochalayim. Well, it all depends. When the Navi reads it, when the Navi Yecheskel said these words, it wasn't just a pro- proclamation. It wasn't just, proclaim to Yerushalayim her sins. Or like Rashi brings, let it be known. When the Navi himself is saying it, it wasn't just a proclamation for the sake of, you know what Yerushalayim did. Let me tell you about that. No. It was a way of the Navi to get the Yidden to do tshuva. And as I brought from the Mefashim, like the Radak brings from the Targum, which means, you should reprimand Yerushalayim. So therefore, when the Yidden Yerushalayim hear it coming from the Navi, they definitely hear it and take it in a way that will motivate them to do tshuva. Reading this, hearing this from Yecheskel, is actually in order to bring about a tikkun, fixing the toyavos of Yerushalayim, the abomination of Yerushalayim. As a matter of fact, the end of Yecheskel, the very end, last 
few prokim, less many prokim, of the Sefer Cheskel is about the dimension of Besamikdash. It's about the return in Yerushalayim, the rebuilding of Yerushalayim, and the rebuilding of the Besamikdash. Definitely a tikkun on the reason for the Churban, a tikkun on the abomination of Yerushalayim that led to the, to the Churban. Actually, the Hebe suggests that perhaps it begins with the Hoichocho, with the Divre Musar that Yechezkel is saying to the Yidden, in order to make them do tshuva, not in order to put them down. And that brings about a Hisapcho, the tshuva brings about a complete total transformation that instead of the Toyavois of Yerushalayim, what we're talking about is the rebuilding of Yerushalayim. As a matter of fact, that's why in the Minak Teman, this Haftarah is the Haftarah of Parash Shemois. Parash Shemois is the one Parasha in which all we're talking about is the Golus and the Shibut of Mitzrayim. The Parashas that follow, Vaero, Boy, Beshalach, talking about Itzias Mitzrayim, even Vaero that has the last of the Makis, but it's, it's already, there is no more Avdus. The description of the Golus of Mitzrayim is, is in Parash Shemois. So therefore, once we are mentioning the Golus, and the Golus in Erva Saaretz, that Mineg of reading this Haftorah is in order to let the Yidin know, but nevertheless, despite the Golus and despite your actions that led to the Golus, if only you will do Tshuva, you will get even to the, to the end of Yecheskel, which is the Binion of Esamikdash Shlishi. Now, the difference between the way the Navi reads this and anybody else reading it, it all depends on the intention. As we established, the Navi reading and saying, oh, so I, the intention is in order to make them do tshuva and transform the Yidin. However, there are those who are looking for the vulnerability of Yidin, they're the weak point, and they like to point it out and proclaim it, not with the intention of them making tshuva, but it's actually coming from their own bad midas. You know the story of the Mittler Rebbe, that when he was a child, say he was like 12 years old, he heard the Toichachal, and he felt, he felt very sick, and they told him, why, why, why did you faint? When you heard these words, you hear it every year when you read this Pasha. So he said, no, every year my father reads it. And that refers to the Alter Rebbe, who used to lane the Torah. But that week he wasn't there, so somebody else lent it. So he said, when my father reads it, all I hear, all I hear is broches. And... Yet they were reading the same words, but it all depends on the intention. And somebody as refined as the Mittler Rebbe, even as a child, was able to tell by just hearing it. So, therefore, now we could really get to the bottom of that story. What was wrong with this person reading Hoida Yisrael that triggers such a reaction 
from Rabbi Eliezer, a reaction that ended up proving right. It is not the fact that he read Oida Yisrochalayim. It is the fact that from all the options he picked to read Hoida Yisrochalayim as a Haftarah, not because he felt that he needed to, 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 to give Musa and motivate and inspire the people to do tshuva, but he was reading it with a certain tone of superiority saying, look, look at the sins of Yerushalayim. That in itself, Rabbi Eliezer heard in the way he read this Haftarah, and he felt that there was something wrong with him. He felt that this man wasn't just there to relay the message of Yecheskel Anovi. This man was there in order to put down the Yidin. And because of that, Rabbi Eliezer says, before you start investigating the abomination of Yerushalayim, realize that there is something wrong with you. I want to tell you something very interesting. The only time that I have personally heard the Rebbe raise his voice in a Fabrengen and talk with, um, not anger, but real passion, were the few times when the Rebbe was reacting to some G'doylim in Eretz Yisrael talking bad about Yidin, especially in times of war. I recall a Fabrengen in, it was a it was during the first Lebanon war that one um, leader, yeshivish leader in Israel, was saying that all of this is happening because of the Averis that the not Fume Yidin are doing uh, in Israel. And because of that, there is this attack and this war and so on. And the Rebbe was saying, how could you talk bad about Yidin? Even if you're trying to explain a situation that's happening right now, you should never talk bad about Yidin. And especially in a time of war, in which there's a sakana, and anytime there's a danger, all we need is to talk bishvachan shel Israel, talking about praises about Yidin. And especially when it is during the month of Elul, that was then when Rebbe was saying that sicha. That is a time in which all we need to talk is the goodness and the good of the Jews. And on the contrary, try to motivate this Yidin to do tshuva rather than to go and accuse them. Talk to them about the beauty of a mitzvah. Talk, talk to them about how special it is to get connected to the Eibishter. Don't go and talk about the Averis and say that because of that, this is what's happening. It was another occasion in which during the, uh, the Gulf War, uh, same rabbi said that the, the scuds were falling on Israel because uh, the kibbutznikim were eating, uh, were eating not kosher. So the Rebbe said, how could you talk bad about Ayid? Moreover, the only explanation I could give, the Rebbe said, is because your head and your interest is completely invested into food and drink and eating and drinking into physical matters. So therefore, when you look at any situation, you try to associate it with food. 
So all that could come up to your head is, you're not eating kosher. Maybe if you will start thinking more about the neshama, and then you will realize that no matter who the other Jew is, he has a neshama, and because of his soul, he is at a very, he's, he's, he's a, in a holy place. So instead of accusing him and putting him down and proclaiming proclaiming that to everybody the 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 sins that other people do, instead of that, why don't you concentrate about the mile there is in every Jew, the value of every Jew and his neshama, and many other situations like this, as I said that that. They never liked, couldn't accept it, that people, especially in the name of Torah, would come and, and, and put down the Yidin. And I think that this goes along, that very explanation that also comes from the Rebbe, about the problem with this person who read from the Rabbi Eliezer. He was practicing the halacha. He was doing whatever is allowed to be done. But what was his intention? His intention was not in order to motivate the Eden to do tshuva, because if that was the intention, Rabbi Eliezer would not have been so upset at him. The, the intention was a methodology, the methodology of putting down Eden by, by pointing out on their shortcomings, rather than motivate them to, to use their positive potential in order to get closer to the Eivishter. And that's why Rabbi Eliezer said, if that's what you're saying, there must be something wrong with you. And he says, let's check about his mother. About that particular rabbi that I mentioned before once, the Rebbe said, when you, because he was talking like this, especially about Mr. Tfil and so on, the Rebbe said, perhaps you should check his Tfilin, that his Tfilin should be, should be kosher. So, you know, <laughs> that's a Shemes Psul, the, the, the Tfilin Apostle. Anyway, in any case, what it means is that even when you claim that your intentions are noble, if what's happening is putting down a yid, there is no justification for this. And this is the hero of this story. Always be careful to only talk about shvachan shel Israel, about the goodness of the Jews. And just like, find something nice to say to a yid. And even if you're trying to, um, even if you're trying to influence him, in the last Fabrengen we heard from the Rebbe, the Rebbe said that the most effective way to have an influence on someone is to talk to him in a pleasant way, in a peaceful way. Show him the beauty and the how pleasant it is to get close to the Eivishter. And in the same way that the Mittler Rebbe said, when my father reads the Torah, all I hear is brachas. So being that the whole Torah is coming from our father, Avinu Shemaim. So any time that we hear even harsh words written, written in, the, in the Navi, we should think that these words are coming from our father, and therefore, all, all we hear is brachas. And may it be that already we should practice and fulfill the end of Sefer Cheskel, in which he gives us the dimension of Yerushalayim, the dimension of Besamikdash Ashlishi, 
that we should actually put this dimension to use and build the Besamikdash Ashlishi with Mashiach. Take it for me, Yad Mamesh.